Welcome back to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We got it nationally. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. We are giving Calgary the day off, aren't yeah. we, Sammy? Yeah, they've got a, some sort of event going on out there, charity event, and they're doing some radio stuff, and there you go. Don't tell them. I never like them anyway. We oh! Are, they we can't are, hear us. Oh, I forgot. I'm kidding. I love them. Yeah, we leave we love there. everybody. Of course we do. All right. Of course. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. We got Sean Reynolds in a few minutes here. We're going to revisit that whole Winnipeg, Minnesota thing because it's my understanding that the league has made it very clear to both teams that we'll be watching. No funny business. Is Bettman in the house? No funny. I don't know if he's going to go. He likes to do that. He likes like a parent helicopter. There'll be some reps there for sure. You guys and remember that Ryan Hartman told Perfetti he was going to stick him, then he stuck him. Then we have the clip. Upset. Oh, we do have the clip? Do we have it available to yeah, us let's hear right it now? again, just so yeah, we, we can do remind have, we everybody. We do have the clip. We do. Well, let's do that. He made it pretty obvious. He said it in kind of a respectful way. Like, I mean, he said, no uh, no disrespect. Nothing against you. Just had to happen. Some, some, something had to happen against, you know, what, for, for what happened to Kaprizov there. I mean, he's obviously going to be out for a little bit. And, you know, I don't think Dilly was trying to hurt him. I think he was just playing heavy, and that's just, you know, that play happens. Like, you know, he wasn't, I don't think, trying to be a, a bad guy. I think he was just, that's what he thought he needed to do to get back at us, and that's what he chose to do. Saying to a couple of guys, like, lucky it wasn't like a cheap shot hit or, a, you know, from behind or to the head or something that could have been serious. Luckily, it was just a couple stitches and uh, kind of a weird thing to come out and admit it that blatantly said that, you know, it was for what happened. Well, I didn't even do anything. It had nothing to do with it, and... I mean, hey, whatever. It's all good. I was mic'd up, so I don't know if you realize that or not. I mean, they're supposed to get notified, but to come out and blatantly say it to the mic, it was, it worked out in our favor. How long ago was that? Because I don't remember that kid talking so much. <laughs> I don't know, a month ago, two months yeah. ago. Is there anything more insane, though, than how cool he is with it? He's just like, yeah, so he said he's going to take my lunch money. He said he was going to buy greens and a healthy meal. So he just, you know, he just like, totally fine. Sarah down. Down. Okay. Way too much talking. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I know Hart, that was Hartman's beef later that he, you know, no, just going to mom and dad and saying, he's, he, he said he's going to do it and they did it. He meant to. Is that the new era where you just spill Paddle? your beans like that and just, I don't know. It was that, a month ago, uh, by the way. I don't know. A month ago, yeah. Like, we a have a ago. clip later in the show where Matt Martin and, uh, is it Rempe, got in a fight in the outdoor game or whatever, and, yeah. you know, talking about the respectful way that their fight went down. Like, I think, think there's still guys who, you know, old guard way of thinking a little bit. But th- this is funny that he was like... Do we have that clip? Well, yeah. We, play it. Oh, you want to play it right away? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's get, the, just play it. Because the 6'7 it, kid, first game of the NHL, Matt Martin grants him a fight, you know, uh, against, anyway. And so, yeah, let's listen to what Rempe had to say about uh, their fight. Had a hell of a career as a tough guy and a great player. And I don't know, we didn't say anything warm-up. We made eye contact a couple times, but that first shift, we lined up there, and he told me congrats, and he was asking if I wanted it. I was like, hell yeah, I wanted it. And then he went, and that was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And good fight. He got to fire up the crowd after. It was, it was unreal atmosphere, yeah. Looks like he said something to you in the penalty box. Yeah. yeah, what was he? Was we just tell him, tell me congrats and congrats on the first game type of thing, and just told me, told me to enjoy it and stuff, and told me hell of a fight. So it was, it was good, and I gave him his respect as well. It was, it's a hell of a tough customer. He also told me that he fought, he fought Shara, and he's like, I think you're longer than he's, he's telling me that he thinks I was longer than him. My arm, so I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> cool. Longer than Shara. Okay, I'm That's still sorry. too much talking for you. Isn't oh it? my oh, god, I'm just it, it bothers me. Really, <laughs> just. 
Can you just pretend you hate each other for us? Please, congratulations. Uh, Storytelling in the penalty box. I love Scram Matt beat it. Yes. Love him. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But that's the story I want to hear Post-career. when you're old and fat like me and you're around a bar or you're, you're, you're on a podcast and you're my... Not now. Not now. I, I don't want to hear... I hate it's, when this happens, but you're right. It's... it's <laughs> hey, hey, you can't make us... You can't make us like you. We don't want to like you. We want to. We want to hate you. I despise that you dude. Establish- and you, you've been on this course with me too. Like you have said that. W- where's the hate? You want the yeah, hate? Yeah, the yeah. hate's good for the fans. It is. And what, what are you guys going fishing well, later on this summer? That's the thing. If you immediately void the relevance of the fight, not like a Ranger Islander rivalry, whatever. If you make the fight to be a sideshow, and you tell people it's a sideshow. Kind of takes away from the point of what's happening out there. It's, it's not, it's not a staged fight. But you're, you're. I you're, wanted you're, this you're, clip because I love Matt Martin, and I think it's really a noble thing to give a kid a hey, shot. Hey, Matt Martin's not telling the story of right. what was said in the penalty box. This kid just needs to shut up. Like Matt Martin okay? might fight him next time okay? for telling the story. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Don't tell everybody how nice I am. Yeah. Well, that's this like is, a turn I didn't expect. That is not what I thought we were going for. <laughs> why can't you just pretend can't, like you we guys... We need these people to talk for our show. Why if you can't talk you him just out of it, you're going to kill our show. You hate Matt Martin. He's old. Your day is over. I'm the new guy. I, I'm the new sheriff in town. That's what we want to hear. To be honest, I didn't appreciate a guy, you know, trying to fire up the crowd after you've been gifted the fight, as you put it. I think if... They had have lost that game, as opposed to having like an epic comeback Dude, outdoors a against a their bitter rival. High. He's pretty fired up after the game. He's fired up. He got in his first NHL fight. Was it like his first yeah. game? Like oh, yeah, first he, game. I mean, it's just he's just a little horned up. And he told he told him stories at a school. And I think Kipper's unfortunately Kip, probably right. We need these people, right? <laughs> <laughs> we need them to do words. Uh, okay, we got Sean Reynolds yeah. um, coming up here, and he, he's going to tell us that. It's going to get ugly tonight between Minnesota and Winnipeg or else I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, done for the, I'm done for the day. If they start congratulating each other, then, Sean, I'm, I'm done. I'm done, pal. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Okay. In, in saying that, what do we expect? I do, knew, I do know that the league had talked to both teams, and there's a, a sense that uh, we want you on your best behavior, but what do you expect tonight between Minnesota and Winnipeg based on uh, on their last game? Well, you know what I find so fascinating about it is the way the Jets handled this rivalry the, the first time. Like the first game, they handled their business. You know, they, they, they get Caprice on. They knock him out of the game. Minnesota comes looking for retribution. They don't get it. They try and get it at the beginning of the next game. They don't get it. And I can tell you this from talking to guys in the dressing room, there was a real feeling in the Jets dressing room that they walked away from that series being like, hey, tell us how you want to play it and we'll beat you in that manner, right? And and I I kind of love that. You know, I love that attitude. I'm sure you, you saw a lot of that in your day playing that, that what are you going to do about it kind of mindset. We're going to do this. What are you going to do about it? I feel like the Jets had a little bit of that going on. So because of that, you'd think that maybe Minnesota's coming in here and they feel like they need to have an answer because it's two games in a row. They tried to answer and really didn't answer in an 
uh, in, in an effective manner. But here's the problem. The last time Minnesota came rolling through Winnipeg, they were the hottest team in the league since they'd had their new head coach. They looked like they were overcoming their early season issues and on their way to getting into a playoff spot. And then the Winnipeg Jets broke them. They broke their spines over their knee like it was some kind of Batman <laughs> supervillain or something like that. And then they've been lost in the woods for a while. And now they're starting to come back. They can't afford that to happen again. So never mind that the league is probably trying to pour water on this. I don't think the Minnesota Wild are in a place where they can get so involved with the Winnipeg Jets that they're losing players, that they're getting heated, that they're getting away from the focus of of what they need to be doing because they're on a heater again. They're looking like that team that is, you know, hard to play against, going to make the playoffs, going to make someone's life miserable in at least that first round. That's what they're trending towards. They were they were knocked off that course by the Winnipeg Jets last time because they got so focused in on revenge and retribution. So for their sake, I don't know that they can really dive into that idea and indulge in that. I think they need to be very focused on, you know, trying to beat the Jets here and earn those points to, you know, they're close, guys. They're trying to get above that playoff line. They haven't been able to get there all year. Uh, That eighth place is up for grabs, and uh, they need to grab for it. Yeah, St. Louis stinks. We watched them yesterday. Um, So there is going to be a... You know, a big two points on the table for both teams. The Jets dropped one to the Flames after putting three putting mm-hmm. three wins together. Just give us a state of the Jets, where they're at. They're still only behind about five teams in the NHL in points and points percentage. Uh, where are things at with the Jets these days? Well, the last time I talked uh, with y'all, they were, like, playing the best possible version of hockey yeah. they could be playing. And they were on a heater and they were so hard to to score against. They still remain a team that's hard to score against. I see the Jets in a spot where you see a lot of teams right now. Like I think of a team like, you know, the Rangers have kind of been in there. The Vegas Golden Knights have kind of been in there. I think those teams understand Vegas, I think, is really knowledgeable of this. That Like, you know what, you're not winning the Stanley Cup in, in early February, mid-February. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, taking the foot off the gas pedal thing and then finding it at the right time and stepping on it and heading into the playoffs hot. The concern if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan is the Jets, um, the Jets traditionally have been like this years past, but they never find the gas pedal again. Mm-hmm. Once they take take once they take a step back and take a breather and say, "Okay, we don't need to be this good for eighty two games a year," they've had a hard time finding it again. I think we're right now in the in there. You know, it's hard. It's that winter grind that they're in the middle of now so they're they're having a hard time getting motivated the games that we've seen them lose i think are more not structural issues not playing the game the right way just not playing the game hard enough to get past some teams the vancouver game tells me if i'm a jets fan i'll be okay with it just like guys if you remember when the the oilers were about to set the record for the most straight wins then they went in and they played the vegas golden knights and if you watch that game what you saw was the vegas golden knights looking exactly like they did last season in the playoffs so they know what their identity is supposed to be they wanted to find it that game they went out and they found it and to me i looked at that and i thought okay anyone who's discounting the vegas golden knights going into the playoffs this year you do so at your own peril i think the winnipeg jets that game against vancouver was their version of that they know what makes them best and whoever watched that game i know a lot of people across canada did that was the jets saying okay we need these guys to score we need connor hellebuck to play like this we need to defend like this so they know what makes them successful they went out and they found it now are they finding it consistently clearly they 
you know, show up the next game and don't bring it there. But I think the Jets are that team who are comfortably in a playoff spot. They're going to do what they need to do to get to the playoffs and try and ramp it up towards the end. I think that's a good sign how they played against Vancouver. We're talking to Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet's Eyes in Winnipeg and co-host of the Kenny and Rennie post-game show. So, Sean, we we know Sean uh, Monaghan is actually uh, yeah. um, putting the puck at a in the net at a, at a much greater rate than I think we all expected besides the three goals in, against Calgary. What have you seen? Well, but the first four games, he wasn't scoring at all. He didn't get any points. And, and one of the issues there is, uh, if you know this team, the Jets need to get their second line scoring going. They haven't had it all year. Their depth scoring has come from their third and fourth line, which I don't think you can expect to continue the pace they had hit at the beginning of the year towards the you know end of the season and definitely not in the playoffs so they need to get their second line scoring going and Monahan is you know a big part of that they hadn't really done it in the first four games now all of a sudden he's got four goals in his last four periods of hockey but a couple of them came on the power play which has also been a problem for the Jets he got put into that bumper spot to try and solve a problem looks like he's figuring something out and they're doing that but the one thing that you will see is when he's not scoring points, he still helps you. He's really good on drives. He's really good defensively. So the Jets went out and they got a player who, no matter if he shows up on the score sheet, is going to do very good things for this team. And I don't know if it's going to take going out and getting another player to kind of alter the chemistry of that second line. It still hasn't got going. And I don't think he's going to be the silver bullet solution for that. But he he's he he came in, he put two hands on the rope, and he started pulling. He's that kind of player. Uh, whether they're going to get scoring the way they need to on that second line, that's the question. Give them a little bit more time to see where they're, where they're at. And they've got a little bit of time to decide if they need to address it by adding another piece there before the trade deadline arrives. The uh, the Jets are the best team by goals against per game in the NHL. Um, you know, Connor Hellebuck hadn't given up four goals since November 2nd. Um, an unbelievable run of defensive play. On the offensive side of the puck, a couple of guys maybe a little bit lagging behind their usual pace right now, slumping a little bit. Who are the players who uh, who are kind of struggling a little bit and have room to pick it up? Well, Cole Perfetti has gone dead quiet uh, and hasn't produced points in quite some time now. Uh, Vladislav Nemesikov got moved from the second line. We talked about him last time I was on the show, down to the fourth line. So it's going to be harder for him to produce in that role there. Nick Ehlers, when he's on a line with Mark Scheifele and Gabe Velarde, is is a god, right? Like they were, uh, I think, you know, by a lot of metrics, were basically like the fifth best line in hockey when they were put together. Uh, It's clearly not a place for whatever reason. We was asked about it today and, you know, it was a little bit vague about it it's clearly a place that that rick bonus doesn't want to go back to he wants uh to have kyle connor with mark shifley again and maybe that's just common sense right if you take a step back one person on this team is better at scoring goals than everybody else that's kyle connor he you know based on the question you asked is another guy they could sure get going a little bit more and maybe that's the case there that that they need to get him scoring again at the pace hey 
before he went out with his injury, he, he was challenging Austin Matthews for, for the number one goal scorer in the league. That's clearly not the case anymore. So there's a lot of room for guys to pick things up here. Uh, last couple of games, they finally kind of broke through and scored a little bit. Before that, this team was absolutely atrocious uh, when it came to scoring. That's going to be the concern with this team. For the most part, other than that last game, that last game was probably the first time in half a season, guys, a half of a full season, that the Jets fell out of their defensive structure that makes them so strong. But the failure of this team, you know, if you had to put money on it, is likely going to be if they go to the playoffs, they, they won't be easy to score against. But they'll probably, if they do get knocked out, find themselves in a situation where they find another team that can grind like they can, but they can just put the puck in the net more often. There's far too much pressure on Mark Shifley to drive this team offensively right now. They need more. There's a sense I'm getting that it, there might be one or two teams ready to pull the the trigger on Chris Tanov. Would Winnipeg be in the mix here? Or are they rather comfortable with their blue line right now? Uh, I mean, I think that they'll. T- I think the message you would get from Kevin Dayoff if he you put a microphone in his face and a TV camera and had him, you know, forced. Yeah, him we to know make the tagline. Anything to which make our team basic- better. Yeah, yeah, that that. But even with him, he'll tell you that he's comfortable uh, in that situation and that he's not looking for. It. You'll never hear Kevin Shevelday say, "You know, we'd like to go out and try and get this and try and get that." And I think he doesn't like the idea of putting that out there because then if he doesn't get it, what do you he's think? Basically, what what I think is, yeah, they need to. I and I and to be honest with you, I think they they think the same thing. The answer to your question is yes. Uh, they'd love to get a guy like Chris Tanner. They'd love to have a little bit more size on their blue line. They defend extremely well as a team, uh, but they're not the biggest defense. And you know what? We, we know that the playoffs are another level of grit and determination that when you're, you know, 20 pounds heavier and two inches taller, it, you can, you can, you can stand up to that. We would look exactly at what we saw from the defense of the Vegas Golden Knights last year. Like when you get beasts like that, it's hard to get past those guys. Uh, we saw it from Montreal when they went to the cup final uh, in, in the COVID year. They had trees on defense and you could not get through that forest to the front of the net. The Winnipeg Jets play really, really good structured hockey, but they don't have the kind of defense that you just can't muscle past. Really big, strong guys will be able to push Dylan DeMello, Neil Pionk, players like that to the net. So, yes, they they could use more size, no doubt. So the Jets are going to finish in the top three in their division. At this point, St. Louis is the team behind them, and they're 11 points uh, back and have two extra games played. Like, they're going to be in the top three. How do you handicap the Jets against Colorado and Dallas? And just how important is it for them to finish on top of that division and maybe draw someone like the Blues that they should be able to eat up? So they would, I think, easily eat up the Blues, especially compared to the way these teams stack up. The Blues Mm. don't like to grind at all, and the Winnipeg Jets can grind. So that would be a good finish, but you'd probably need to finish first place in the the entire conference to pull that off. I don't see them getting ahead of L.A., so you'd have to finish first. I don't like the Jets' chances of that. Um, I actually think, based on what I've seen from Colorado, like Colorado is really being driven by their start of Defenders and and Nathan McKinnon and Rantanen right now, but the rest of their lineup when I see them play the Jets, you know, if if those guys aren't winning it for them, the rest of that uh, Colorado 
depth forward group is not winning it for them. I, I think that Colorado is a significant second line center away from being a team that can make any kind of noise in the playoffs. And I don't know that the market bears that out. The Jets have beat them twice so far this year. And not only have they beat them twice, but when they play, they play Winnipeg Jets brand of hockey. And Hey, this is when Nathan McKinnon was in that streak of scoring points. He still scored points in that, that those games. So the best part of the Colorado Avalanche showed up and the Jets still handled them uh, because the depth really can't do anything against the Winnipeg Jets. So, I mean, I, I think if the Jets ended up jumping up and finishing second in the conference and they, they ran into the, the L.A. Kings, I think that's a harder matchup in the playoffs than the Colorado Avalanches. So I think the Jets, whether they finish first, second, or third, it doesn't make that big of a difference. There may even be more of a punishment if they finish first. I'll throw this out to uh, both of you, and Sean, you go first, but what did you make out of uh, the Vancouver Canucks giving up uh, 14 goals uh, over uh, oh. Family Day weekend? So uh, Murph Murph had me come in, and I covered and hosted a couple games for them. Uh, they went on that seven-game road trip where they won the five in the middle. I bookended and covered the first game against the St. Louis Blues. Hey, this team and sucks. the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they, they lost both those games yes. against the Blues you. and Blue yeah. Jackets. And what I saw different between, you know, the Winnipeg Jets team that I cover and the Canucks game that I covered, the Winnipeg Jets, if you beat them, you're going to have to beat them at their own game. They're going to force you to play a grinding style of hockey. Now, some teams, like I said, are going to be able to grind and maybe have more scoring than the Jets and may beat them that way. But you're going to have to play it on the Jets terms. What I see from the Canucks is a team that goes out and plays on their terms for parts of the game, but then turns around and lets the other team dictate the, the, the way a game goes for far too large of swaths of the game. So they did it against St. Louis, and St. Louis likes to, you know, they're not the grind team we saw in 2019. They like to dipsy-doodle. They like to be wide open. They like to score. And the Canucks let them do that, and they lost that game and then went in against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, yes, it was the end of a road trip. They'd had that, you know, the crazy snowstorm in Buffalo. So maybe they were just tired. But what I saw was them hand over to the Columbus Blue Jackets to their style of play the third period in which they came back, tied it up, and then won it in a shootout. I saw the same thing against the Jets uh, where they were kind of giving it to the Jets, and then all of a sudden they said, okay, now you play it your way for a while, and that led to them losing to the Jets, and it's the same thing against the Minnesota Wild. What I see in the Canucks is a team that shoots and you know like shoots out in parts of the game and is very very good at those points of the game but then they take the foot off the gas pedal and they let the other team do what they want to do i just think that's not a recipe that gets you by really good teams a team like vegas i think is going to destroy you in the playoffs if you play like that against them and i've seen vancouver do it too many times this year for me not to think that it's really kind of part of their identity and who they are yeah that's a big challenge for rick talking like i really like the canucks and i think teams have games you know there's blips here where you're like that's a good team that just had a bad night like that does happen but you're right once you stack it up a few in a row that's a challenge for talk it is a you know how do you how do you get rid of the dips and kind of keep keep it consistent uh which brings me to the question about the coaching there in winnipeg and the candidacy for uh, jack adams for rick bonus do you think he's got a, a reasonable case to make if this team is able to continue their winning percentage uh all the way through game 82 He's He's got a reasonable case, and here I am saying what I'm saying about the Canucks, but if you take a look at where the Canucks were last year to where they are now, yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty hard to head ahead of Rick Tockett. But I also think, guys, 
like when you see how things ended for the Jets last year and how Rick Bonus called his team out and the kind of animosity that seemed to exist, for him to kind of smooth that that over over the offseason and get the buyback that he got from his team not just like this season but instantly out of the gates this team was playing his brand of hockey they came back stronger and more committed to rick bonus and they did it right out out of the gate so to me I had a big question about the Jets coming into the season because I didn't know whether or not they would respond and get back uh, in line with him. He's got them to that. What he's done as a coach this year, getting that team back and winning them back over is an absolutely massive play that for sure he should be in the final running for that trophy. But boy, oh boy, the swing of points. And and let's be honest, Vancouver was a team that couldn't figure it out for, for years. When you are that guy who finally helps figure it out, out and most of your stars stay the same there wasn't massive changeover even though there was some changeover on defense it's hard to get a hit of rick talking yeah sean great stuff man enjoy the game tonight uh we'll be watching and looking forward to those first couple of shifts minnesota and winnipeg get reacquainted tonight Hartman, Hartman yeah. versus Cole Perfetti. Is that what we're calling it? Uh, no, they're not going to fight <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Come on, help me build something up here sean yeah yeah, yeah, you're trying. It's it's trying. Anyway, hey, I hope my uh, T-shirt passed your test. You ripped me on it after I got off last time. I'll be listening to see what you got to say this time, Kipper. <laughs> yes, I love no, it. No, not me. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the other two clowns here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> great stuff, Thanks, Sean. Sean. Appreciate Thanks. it, guys. Sean Reynolds does a great job for us in Winnipeg covering the Jets. Kenny and Rennie post-game show. With uh, Ken Weeb, we have on too as well, from Winnipeg as well. So there you go. Good stuff. I, what do you expect tonight? Do you yeah, think there are fireworks? Uh, I th- yeah, there'll they'll be, a, they'll be a, a fight for sure. It can't go completely unnoticed or, you know, there has to be a little bit. I think one fight just kind of cleans everything up. Captain Lowry versus yeah, Felino. Yeah, there's a very good chance it'll be Lowry probably. Yeah. I... I love that Lowry. I was watching the Saturday oh, night, the Saturday night game God. against um, the Canucks. Just a horse. And I, don't, I don't know who he he hammered somebody. Clean hit, great play, and that poor DJ Seppi came in to be like, "I'm getting hey, it for my teammate." Yeah, <laughs> and he just pounded him, yes. took him down, and DJ Seppi gets the extra two. They score on the power play. It's like, oh, that did not work out well for yeah, you guys. That's but captain material. No, he's a he's a really good player. But I, I miss this stuff when I was like. A kid and into my teenage years, it's like this was a thing. There was like blood rivalries where like games. where it was like, oh, this is what happened in the last game. There's gonna be a scrap in this. These guys are gonna have to answer. Like, what was it between Probert and Domi that they were gonna get suspended if they fought again? Remember that? It was like they if they if like you consider it, you both are gone for how long and they of course they fought. Like yeah. it just there's, I remember this stuff. There's documentaries that just tell you about the hype over that thing it was off the charts it was insane well, you know leading in talking sports shows yeah in talking to my father-in-law clark gillies you know one of the things he didn't love fighting necessarily but the thing because the thing he hated was the build-up when you went into a game and it was like i gotta fight ben wilson tonight you know, like he got me last time my teammates saw it i can't not fight him now i gotta get that title back you know and it's like you know eating dinner the meal the night before going to bed and being like sick to your stomach being like it's a big tough guy i gotta fight tomorrow you know <laughs> yeah. even for tough guys well, not fun and i'm sure Kipper's you can going to sleep to thinking about tony twist yeah <laughs> chasing me oh, not a great feeling yeah. yeah but our game has to hit 
an emotional element to it or else it loses a lot and i'm not to take well, away out. i'm not i'm not taking away the skill of it but skill alone can still make a game feel not as eventful Oh, I mean, watch the NBA All-Star Game. Like, you can't just have people be good at the sport no, without there being some I, physical investment. How about the articles right now over, uh, like, what do we do with this? this it's nice that it's not breakfast. us. Oh, yeah. Like, like, they are just screaming, end it. It's great buddy, that we got through the 211 we... points. It's way more painful than anything in hockey, including the Superman and the rubber nose. Well, maybe a tie. Well, we got through the All-Star Game that was here. And everyone loved it. It was and now there, awesome. And there, and there isn't another one until 2026. It's yeah. like we're uh, we're on the easy street with the All-Star game here. But I don't know. I just, I've said it a million times on the show, but the great thing about hockey is the skill with the constant threat of complete chaos. That's and what so makes that's hockey why great. It needs to maintain, you need to keep that in the game. And I think the league struggles to walk the line of being like, we want this, but we can't openly encourage yes. it. Yes. You know, like, we can't be on the hook for the damage that comes with this, but we are selling it to some extent. And Yeah. It's that skill level you want to see along with players looking uncomfortable. Well, you have to win the puck in physical confrontations. You are, the intimidation is real because you go man-to-man into these battles, and that's always going to be an element of it. And you just, we need to preserve that for sure because it, okay. does, it is Let's part of what makes it great. Hope, hope. Winnipeg and Minnesota are listening to us right now. Just a complete no-hitter yes, tonight. Promise there something. Uh, it's game time? I believe it is. Okay. It's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app, latest odds, and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, there's some good games tonight, and I have a few uh, for you. Uh, first one I have is Vancouver in Colorado tonight, plus 125. I have a feeling that they're getting their starting goalie back in net. Rick Tockett is their coach. I can only imagine some of the things that Mr. Tockett said like to said to the Canucks after they allowed 10 goals into their net. Two, Two. empties, though. I know, but you know, eight before that's not great. <laughs> Seven in the third yeah. period. Uh, I, I had to, like, shut my phone off and off because I thought 10-7 <laughs> was wrong. I know. Getting the uh, All-Star, NBA All-Star game score. How about this stat? Uh, Wild beat the Canucks 10-7. to It's the first NHL game where both teams scored seven-plus goals on fewer than 30 shots since March 30th, 1988. Kings scored nine on 28. Flames scored seven on 28. Three boy, hat-tricks in the game. Your boy wasn't even born at that point yet. So In 1908? Mar- yeah, no, March 9th, 1988. Anyways. Oh. I do like the Canucks tonight in, in Colorado. I think it's a bounce-back spot for a team that's good. They get their starting goalie in there. Talk it would have torn a strip off the wall. So give me them tonight. The other one I'm looking at that I'm interested in is Vegas. Uh, they have Nashville coming to town after the, the Sphere Gate. Oh, yeah. So, oh, I bet on Vegas already. If the Nashville's ever going to go into Las Vegas and give them a hell of an effort and maybe win... Tonight would be a night for them to do that. Don't I don't highly recommend it because Vegas is way better. Yeah. But if tonight was ever going to be the night, they're plus one twenty in okay. Vegas. Okay, so you, uh, uh, revisit basically the storyline yeah. here I mean, about a team that, that 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 had their cake taken away from them. Oh, they couldn't go to see crappy U two. Nashville <laughs> had uh, yeah tickets booked for the team to go see U two at the Sphere. 
Um, you know, everyone was kind of looking forward to that. Mm. They played a couple of games where they, you know, got stuffed in the locker. And they got embarrassed a couple of games. Yeah. And Trotz and their staff said, we're not rewarding this team. We're, you know, we're focusing on winning. And so they took away this trip. God, I love that. And, you know, our panel talked about God, I love it. Uh, listen, I had it to happen to me, not yeah. you two in the sphere, but had <laughs> stuff taken away over our, my career where we had days off or trips or whatever because we sucked. But it was the ECH. I wasn't you two at the sphere. No, no, it was definitely not. But, you know, like, I, I get it. it you, your professional hockey players paid to win hockey games. This isn't a class field trip that you're owed. Yeah. Perform. And, and some are complaining that, like, the staff... It like it, it rips off the yeah, staff. Yeah, and I get that sentiment that it yeah, they deserve that. I don't get that. I why don't it, get why that. Is it? Uh, listen, I love staff. I love the staff. Yeah. I tip my trainers. You you do all of that. You love these guys. They'll you know they look after you, but they're only an extension of the on ice product at the end of the day. So mm. they sh- they need to suffer with the players. You're all in it together. Mm. There's no separation here. No, you're pulling on one rope. You, you want to get a Stanley Sorry, Cup you're pulling when on we one win? Rope. Yeah, when totally. we lose, you don't get right? the rewards yeah. either. Not playing well, sharpen my skates better. <laughs> Not playing well, I need better therapy. We're all we either yeah. suck together or we are we great together. Yeah. But no, none of this. Oh, you know what? The 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 staff deserve better, even though we suck. Totally. No, no. Yeah. Um, so having said all that, yes, I like Nashville tonight against the against the Vegas Golden Knights. I just think there's a chance that they respond, and if they don't, mm-hmm. it's a bigger conversation. But I think you'll be hated, in that game. I always hated. And I know you're trying to wrap this up. No, no, I got, radio one, I got show, two so more picks. Keep doing words. Yeah, I always hated when a coach would make a statement to me or the team like, "We need to be better," so I'd get healthy. And say, "Say I got to sit out a game," and then you come back. You have to play well and want to play well to maintain your spot, but you don't want to reward your coach for punishing mm. you. You know, like they took away you two at the sphere and you're going to go give him the best effort you yeah. got? Like, you were a pro, so you have to. You have to go do it. It's You just are a- going to give it because God. if it doesn't get better, that's just an example of how I'm going to make your life miserable right. here. This is you this have- a country club, okay? No. It's not. You're is here to get that? the job done and win, uh, and if it's not... It's not a very pleasant place to be around. I, I'm okay with that. that message. That's why losing sucks. You go to the rink every day, and it's like, what now? What is the so damage? So Andrew Burnett's going to come into that locker room and be like, we're going to win with or without you? Oh. With or without you. Anyways, uh, my next pick is... Oh. The, Keep your day job, buddy. I, I'm sitting. You're sitting here. Right? You're looking at it. Bad news. Uh, um, or I'm firing you. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't have you a day too. job the, anymore. The, uh, give me the Kachuk parlay tonight. Both of them to score a goal with the over. Pays plus 700. I feel like the over the total is six and a half. feel like the Cats could get that on their own. Alrighty. And my last one, just a shot. Sidney Crosby to score a goal in the first period tonight. Pays plus 600. Ooh. And that was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Yep. Yes, please. Sammy, I got your permission to do that? Yeah. All right, when we come back, we'll discuss a little above uh, a Yager's great weekend. Yager, I... Uh, and what good. are the Penguins oh going to do next? Put them in the that and more when Real Kipper and Bourne comes back. 
diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bournes, Sammy McKee. Pittsburgh Penguins raised number 68 to the Rafters, reuniting Yager, Lemieux as franchise icons. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of crazy that Yager didn't want this because his last memories were being booed by Penguin fans because he ended up in a... Washington Capitol jersey and a, oh their biggest rivals the Flyers the, the Flyers, Rangers the Rangers and yeah. it's like I I know that he didn't want this guys very Earlier, seldom yeah. end their careers with the same club that they start but is that a thing really that someone I don't know I guess I'm not I'm, I'm talking to you you yeah. you're from Long Island where they boo Tavares now after ten years of I I guess. So I kind of like our fans now because it, it speaks boy. to the, the loyalty, right? A little bit. I don't know, but isn't yeah. that kind of pushing know. it a well, little bit? it is where you don't maybe appreciate all the greatness that and time and effort that people gave to you while they were there. You know, Stanley Cups. Yeah. Some of the be- like greatest what's, what's moments. What's he an all-time points? Is he I, second? He's maybe the, maybe seventh, the reason, I don't know what he is. Maybe the reason they hate him, is they booed him, was because of this trade from Washington. Oh my God! What was it, Adam Oates? No, traded from P- traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins with uh, Frantisek Kusera for Chris Beach, Ross uh, Lupacek, and Michael Civic. That didn't work out. That was it, a bit of a miss. Bit of a miss. You know, you know I, at the time though he of had, that trade. Uh, so how many years would he have been in the his boom career? Is because he asked for that trade, right? So. This is the contention that he tried to kind of retcon this past week where he said, I never really got to tell my side of the story. I wanted to trade for the good of the franchise, which I didn't really appreciate or buy. But, you know, whatever. He's a huge part of their history. He's up in the rafters. 11 years in Pittsburgh. He was 11 years in Pittsburgh. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, when when he went to Washington and, and had nowhere near the success, mm-hmm. like people were starting to doubt that this guy's, like, on the tail end. Yeah. And then all he did was, I think, end up with the Rangers and became one of the highest scoring Ranger in, in history up there with Adam yeah. Graves, over 50 goals. He's in his, yeah. So after he got traded to the Caps, he went 79 points, 77 points, 45 points, and none of those were in full seasons. Then he went to the Rangers and, and let had, it up he again. Had, he was 29 points in 31 games the first year he was there. And then in the, the second year he was there in 0506, he had 54 goals and 69 assists for 123 points. And wow. then the next year he had 96 points. That's off the charts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy's awesome. He's a unique guy. Uh, he's obviously deserving of his place in the Raptors yeah. in Pittsburgh. It was nice of him acknowledging his niece at the game. Yeah, it was nice. She, she brought her along. Oh, no, wait, sorry. Girlfriend. <laughs> Is that Sorry. who she was? He actually made a really funny joke about how she wouldn't have remembered any of uh, you know his performance in Pittsburgh. He's like, don't worry, guys. I've told her all about what? it. 
She's young. No comment. No comment. <laughs> just saying she's young. No questions or comments at this time. Yeah. But I, it's funny because, you know, a lot of Leaf fans would join me, and there's a lot of Leaf fans that listen to the show, join me in this opinion that he really grew into this sort of beloved character around the league. But I will tell you right now, there was no one amongst me and my young buddies that people hated more than Yarmie Yager. Really? Because oh he was that good. God. Oh, he was so good. And he played yes. the Czech team Mullet that beat and Canada. And, the... and, like, he was always – and, like, one of the best moments of my entire hockey-watching life was Danny Markov. Well, bam. After Gary, after Gary Volk scored in overtime to put out the Penguins. And what, it was, that was a 99-2000. And he gave them the how-you-do salute after they put him out. And Yager skating off the that ice. sounds a lot like Ridley Gregg slapping a puck into the empty net. Like a no. no. Salute. I, the fact that you just put those two in the same sentence, I, I'm done for today. <laughs> you guys can figure out the rest. <laughs> but no, I'm just like, he was a big-time hated character. And he, he developed into... More of a beloved guy, but I couldn't stand him my entire youth. Couldn't stand him. Brian Leach, who's still regarded as one of the best defensemen in our history, mm-hmm. uh, says only one guy truly gave him fits, yeah. and that was Yager. It was he was you could long not touch and the heavy puck. and smart, great hands. Him in the corner with the with a long stick yeah. and the ass out. Yeah, you know, it's oh he was he like, was nasty. I but think he is. He's a like in a. He's a strange guy, you know. Like uh, the fitness stuff in the later years, and the you know moving around team to team. He chose Philly over the Penguins when he came back, and you know playing at fifty one and Cladno and still plays. Yeah, yeah. Four helpers so far this year for Cladno. You'd think how many games? Uh, a few. Yeah. You'd think on a on a Yager night like that with Mario there and. You'd find a way to get a win. No, Pittsburgh. Penguins are 3-6-1 and one in their last 10. They've lost four to five, all in regulation. You can't even find a point yeah. in any of those losses. You know, they have some games in hand, but they're nine points out of a playoff spot now, and there's only 30 games left for them. Like I thought, and they have I, to go over many teams. I thought for sure they, they this would not happen. They should sell, Kip. They should sell. They are nine points out, with, and they got the Caps ahead of them, the Islanders ahead of them, the Devils ahead of them, and that's before you even get to the wild card spot. I think Kyle Dubas is scared poo-poo. To, to sell. To, to sell. To say to Sid, we're just not going to try yeah. the rest of the Yeah, way. I want to see that. You Put know that what? on pay-per-view. Kyle Dubas and Sid Meeting having a conversation Sid. going... You guys stink. Unload Gensel and do yeah, nothing. and you're not going to a YouTube concert either if you plan <laughs> one. Go get him, Kyle. Yeah, he's got to keep that relationship strong, Oof. doesn't he? Oh, oh, he's in a tough spot. Oh, he's he? in a tough spot. And go tell Gino. Go tell Gino. We need you to move your last year of your deal. You know, you need to put Gino on the second power play unit. Yeah, after you do this. I gotta say, you know, congratulations on your generational wealth kyle <laughs> clearly yes but it's a way worse situation there than here but i think like not even cl- he wants he wants he has to, a seven-year contract yeah, so he, he wants to, to be, rebuild the team the most beloved team in franchise listen. history he wants to nuke it and then try to build it again by the time his team is coming back uh, up his yeah car, you know i don't think he, 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 uh, yeah see i don't I don't buy that theory. Like you, you're you're a wealthy man, and it's guaranteed. I'm sure you and your lawyers guaranteed it. But listen, 
if there's no signs of life in two or three years, they will two or three punt him. A seven year contract. I, I don't care. He could be gone in in less than three years. He could be gone in less than three years. So his decisions here are important. And if he yes. decides in three years, if he can say, I turn Gensel into a first and a prospect, I, you know, yeah. if he can sell and show if them he what can he's sell. done. If he can sell to Sid, I turn this into yeah. a first. So what do you got for and, games ahead uh, for them? You know, they're well, done. Let's look at their schedule up to I, the. I will say, you know, Brendan Shanahan, if you're listening, I which I know you'd listen every day or whoever, that, whoever told him he couldn't do Carlson. Thank you. Oh, thank God. Thank you. Yeah, that was not. Whoever said that was not happening, yeah. I appreciate you personally. I don't know. I don't even think that Pittsburgh Penguins fans realize what that that pickup of Carlson at $10 million for the next four years or three years? No, I think it's three years after this one. So, yeah. Three years after this yeah. one, the effect that that will have. And they got the full boat. No, they're a little bit light on it, right? Did, did San Jose retain it all? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, they did. So, yeah. they brought it down to... Ten million a year, I think. Mm. That's nice. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> How nice of them. What's um, schedule? On the way into the trade deadline, they have teams that are immediately ahead of them: Islanders, Canadians, Flyers. Um, there's Canucks, Kraken, Flame. Oh, that's a lot of West teams. Blue Jackets, Capitals. So, yeah, they don't have a ton. Speaking of of teams that opponents. are surprising me right now, I think there's a relig- uh, legit shot here that Tampa Bay could miss the playoffs. Oh, what? Yeah. Kip, they're well ahead in that wild card race. Are they not? No, they're not. (laughs) No. They're not. They're actually, because they've got the most games played. They're not. I think the Devils are still going to get in, and it kind of comes down to what the Islanders I don't know what is going on with Tampa Bay, but I can't. And we heard Gord Stellick earlier on our show, we had a discussion on the goaltending and how many teams trust their goaltending, and Vasilevsky still has that that or around him that he is the best, and we know when he's hitting it on all, all cylinders, mm-hmm. he is the best. But is there enough of a of a feeling that since his back surgery, that he's clearly the same goalie he was prior? He's, he's played. Doctor said I need a backyanami. <laughs> he's played thirty two games. He's won nineteen of them. He has a two nine four goals against and an eight nine eight. Yeah. Yes. They're just the bottom end. Like they've tried so hard to keep their talent in the lineup and make no mistake, their top end talent's as good as any team in the Absolutely. NHL. But their bottom six and their D, you know, Sergachev done. Can they go yeah. get Hannafin? But like they don't have I don't think they have I think we had the conversation, they don't have the assets. And is this the year you want to do that with right. them? You know, I think they're one of the more analytically inclined clubs too. I, I don't think they will. I don't think they'll go in in a year they can't win. Uh, the Atlantic is actually fascinating. You know, the Panthers have caught Boston. You know, the Leafs' most likely playoff opponent is probably the Bruins in round one, which used to scare you, but does it now if you're the Leafs, or is that? The, the jerseys in the building yeah, the will all, we'll always send shivers down yeah. any Leaf fan or any Leaf player's mind, I think. I wonder building. if it's though like the Caps had to get by the Penguins to to you know slay their dragon yeah, on the way. The Do you have to slay the? The, the Leafs Bruins? have multiple dragons now. Lot they have they have Lot, they, game yeah. of thrones. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> like the Panthers, so they get past the first round. Let's say they play Boston, and I mean Florida's going to wax whoever they play in the first round. Listen, You're going to have to beat them again. The East is going through Florida. Florida. Absolutely, every team right, right now should be thinking about. 
acquiring players in the East that will help beat Florida Panthers. Do you think there's a danger when you tailor your lineup to play one team and all of a sudden you draw the Rangers and you got to skate instead of Which hit? It, it depends if you're satisfied with winning a round or not. And there's no guarantee. Like, Florida could get knocked out. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Or um, just draw someone else. But I, yeah. I just think it, it's it, – you're hoping that Florida has a couple of bad injuries or – or Bobrovsky gets cold, but that's Very what possible. it just seems it's going to take mm-hmm. to slow Florida down. Yeah. They're, not, they're nine and one in the last time. It just, a, Bobrovsky going back to the old Bobrovsky. Yeah. So, just, is, that what you, is that what you hope for? Yeah, definitely. If not, I mean, how do you not feel like that's... If you're the Leafs and you're finishing a wild card spot and draw the Rangers, you know... You feel pretty good about that playing through the Metro or, you know, it's a different sort of the the Rangers that have won seven in a row. But ultimately, if if you have a team that could that could match a little bit better against Florida, it's going to only help you destroy any other team as well. That's the way you got to think. What did you guys make of the outdoor game? MetLife Stadium, Isles get up. Best case scenario for the league. Like I think it maybe was the best outdoor game I've ever watched. Like bigger, bigger club come from behind. Everybody wants to talk about. This thing jumping the shark a long time ago, but you're you're really at the at the end of the day. I'm a, not really an end of the day type of guy, but I'll give you one. <laughs> they they pack in eighty yeah. seventy thousand people. Yep. Yeah, you you pack in you you pack in like, like five gates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's fun. And, it's a spectacle. The players enjoy it, and I got to tell you. People are giving Lou Lamorello a hard time because the Islanders didn't walk in doing any sort of. Oh, the silly professional Long guys Island had to wear thing. suits. What I, a what yeah, a disaster! I loved it. I loved it. Whereas this is National Hockey League. We're playing a game <laughs> it's, it's, for it's, two points. It's it's great locally. I, I guess it doesn't yeah. get the the sizzle across well, the country anymore, Coming but it still sells. Garb or something. And fans love it. End of story. And they, it's the moneymaker. Last year they put the squids in it. This last game they're like got the worst ratings. They're like Blackhawks <laughs> time, baby. Blackhawks time. Yeah, love it. <laughs> All right, our thanks to Sean Reynolds. Does a great job covering the Winnipeg Jets. Gord Stellick in our first hour. Mm-hmm. Eight games on tap. We'll keep an eye on the Minnesota-Winnipeg one, and we hope we've got some excitement in yeah, that one. Yeah, shout out to Archie Baines making his debut for the Canucks. Surrey guy, pretty awesome. Love it. Enjoy the games tonight, and we're right back here tomorrow on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show to do it all over again.